Hello everybody, I'm your host Mark and welcome to Photon Catchers, the show where we explore the fascinating world of photography. I often get asked, Mark, what's the best camera? My answer's always the same, it's the one you have with you. So today's episode is all about the camera we always have in our pocket, our smartphone. That's right, we're talking about the art of phone photography and unlocking the potential of your phone camera. So grab your phone and let's get started. Before we jump into tips and tricks, let's take a quick look at how far phone cameras have come. From the early days of pixelated images to the high resolution wonders we have today. The evolution is remarkable. Our smartphones are now equipped with advanced sensors and multiple lenses, making them powerful tools for photography. So what's under the hood of your phone camera? In the last two decades, the evolution of phone cameras has been a remarkable journey, transforming mobile handsets from simple communication tools into powerful imaging devices. Here's a brief overview of key milestones in the development of phone cameras. The first mobile phones with built-in cameras appeared in the early 2000s. These cameras were typically low resolution, capturing images in the range of 0.1 to 1 megapixel. Picture quality was basic, mainly suitable for small prints and MMS. Hands up who remembers the multimedia messaging service. In the mid-noughties, phone manufacturers engaged in a megapixel race constantly increasing camera resolutions to attract consumers. Cameras evolved from 2 to 3 megapixels, then 5, 8 and even 12 megapixels, but despite higher resolutions, image quality was limited by smaller sensor sizes and less advanced image processing. Autofocus technology was introduced, improving the camera's ability to focus on subjects at varying distances. LED flashes became standard Although they were pretty poor, they did enhance low-light photography to a degree. In 2007, it all changed when Apple gave us the first iPhone. The rise of smartphones brought about a shift in focus from voice communication to multimedia capabilities, including photography. Companies like Apple, Samsung and Google invested heavily in camera technology, introducing features like HDR, that's high dynamic range, and advanced image processing algorithms. Dual and triple camera setups became common, each serving a specific purpose such as wide angle, telephoto and depth sensing. This allowed for improved zoom capabilities, enhanced low light performance and better overall image quality. Larger sensors with improved low light sensitivity and larger pixel sizes became a focal point for camera improvements. Night mode features were introduced, enabling better performance in low light conditions. The integration of artificial intelligence, or AI, and machine learning in camera systems allowed for advanced features like scene recognition, portrait mode, and automatic adjustments for optimal settings. The introduction of foldable phones brought new possibilities for camera placement, and ongoing innovations include under-display cameras, periscope lenses for improved zoom and improved sensor technologies for even better image quality. 
smartphones increasingly focus on video capabilities, supporting features like 4K and 8K recording, along with advanced stabilization technologies. So you can see the evolution of phone cameras has been marked by continuous advancements driven by the pursuit of better image quality, enhanced features and an overall improved photography and videography experience for users. When you first open the camera app, it remembers the mode it was in last time. So if you were in video mode before, just turn it into photo mode and the photo mode is fully automatic. So everything that the camera does for you is automatically adjusted for the optimal results in the various conditions you're going to be shooting in. The next one across is portrait mode and this highlights the subject and blurs the background for a professional looking portrait. You've also got some lighting modes within the portrait mode. Uh, the first one that comes up is natural light and you can turn the dial and it gives you the other modes that you can have a play with. I'm not going to go through them all. The last one in this section is the panorama. You need to hold the camera vertically and you'll see that there's an arrow in the center of the screen pointing to the right. And it says underneath, move iPhone continuously when taking a panorama. So it's all really easy and obvious what you've got to do. So put your the box on the left of the arrow on the first place you want to start. Touch the white button at the bottom and move the phone to the right. It's easier if you turn your whole body rather than just trying to turn the phone. And when you get to the place where you want to stop, just push the little square button at the bottom which then goes round again and that's your panorama taken. If you click on the panorama in the bottom left hand corner, turn your phone sideways, you can see the whole panorama that you've taken. If you don't like it, go back and do it again and keep practicing until you get a perfect shot. Now that we know what our phones are capable of, it's time to understand how to make the most of them. Familiarize yourself with the settings. Explore different shooting modes and learn how to manually control exposure and focus. Knowing your phone camera inside out is the first step towards capturing stunning shots. Smartphone cameras come equipped with a variety of features and settings that allow users to capture high quality photos and videos. While specific options may vary between different camera models and manufacturers, here are some essential features and settings commonly found on smartphone cameras. Many of us, me included, are using our phones on fully automatic mode. It's great to be able to let the camera just decide all the things for you and it always works. But there are times when you may want to have a bit more control on what you're doing. I've been an iPhone user for a long time, so any of the tips that I give you will all be iPhone based. I'm afraid I'm not very well up on Android systems, but I'm sure they're pretty similar. So here's the first tip about exposure. If you hold up the phone in front of you, looking at the screen, and then touch the screen, you'll see a yellow box appear. Next to it, there's a picture that looks like a sun. If you just put your finger on that and slide it up, you'll see that the exposure gets brighter. The screen will get brighter. If you touch it again and slide downwards, it will get darker. It means you can have some manual control over how light or dark the image is. There's another way that you can do the exposure compensation. So if you look at your phone screen, at the top there's a little arrow 
in the center above the actual picture that gives you a little drop down menu at the bottom so if you touch that arrow a row of icons will appear second from the right is a plus and a minus in a circle if you just touch that you'll get the exposure compensation dial at the bottom and you just move it left or right and it makes the image darker if you go to the right and lighter if you go to the left one thing to note is that it does remember the adjustments that you make so if you move between shots you may need to adjust the exposure compensation again for the next shot because the lighting conditions could be different the next thing we're going to look at is focus there's two focus modes on the iPhone and probably on the Android too. Autofocus and manual focus. So the first one, autofocus, pretty obvious and pretty simple, is you just hold up the phone in front of you and it'll focus on the nearest object. Shift it round a bit till you get something further away and it'll focus on the further object. Simple. Now the manual focus is a bit better because it can focus on where you want it to focus. So if you hold your phone up in front of you and touch the screen for an object close by it'll focus on that now without moving the phone touch something further away on the screen and it'll focus on that instead and your nearby object will become unfocused if you want to lock the focus just touch the screen where you want it to lock and keep holding it until the yellow button at the top comes up on the screen that says AEAF lock that's now locked the focus at that distance this also locks the exposure. So when you move the phone, the exposure will stay the same in every shot until you touch the AF and AE lock button at the top and that'll clear it. If you go into the settings for camera, you can see a little section at near the bottom that says composition. Now in there, you've got grid and level. These are both really useful for getting your images straight and also the rule of thirds. So if you make sure that they're both ticked, or the little slider at least is moved across to the right so they go green, then when you go back to the camera, you'll see that you've got a box, two lines horizontally and two lines vertically, which gives you the thirds. So you can place an object or your subject on a line or on a cross of the lines, and that gives you some good composition for an interesting picture. Also the level, when the camera is nearly level, the thing in the middle I call the Wonko meter goes yellow that gives you the straight line. It disappears once it's level and it reappears once you start to twist it slightly. If you go too far off skew it disappears but when you're nearly there it goes white and then when it's level it goes yellow. Really useful. Earlier I mentioned a little arrow at the top of the screen that gives you an additional menu at the bottom. So if you touch that arrow and get your additional menu, you'll see on the left there's a, a thing that looks like a lightning bolt, which is the flash on and off control. If you touch it, it'll go a little drop out or a little fly out, in fact, menu that says auto, on and off. So if you turn the flash on which is the middle one the little symbol of lightning goes yellow and every time you take a photo it will flash even if you don't need it automatically it will be on all the time useful for filling if you've got shadows or someone's got the light behind them and you just want to illuminate their face a little bit quite handy 
then if you put it onto auto it will shoot as required the camera will choose if it's dark enough it'll flash and if it isn't it won't and then the off one makes it go off and a line will go through the lightning and that means that the flash will never fire if you keep that pop-out menu open the one that's got the flash in that we've just been talking about touch and hold on the menu and slide it to the left you'll see that there's a little symbol I think it's third from the right on most phones but it certainly is on mine it looks like a stopwatch it's uh, the timer self timer button so if you touch that and the self timer little menu will open you've got a three second a ten second and an off so the timer is useful if you want to be in the picture yourself so you can stand the camera on a wall or on a tripod or something like that choose the time that you want to delay the shot for three seconds or ten if you're going to get into the shot probably ten is the best three is quite short and then once you click the shutter it will count down on the screen three seconds or ten seconds and then it'll take the picture really useful if you want to touch the shutter and then run around and be in the shot it's also useful if you're doing something like a nighttime shot where you're going to have a long exposure so you can put the phone onto a tripod or again leaning on a wall or on a fence post just so it's steady and then use the timer to do the shutter release so that you don't wobble the phone when the shot's being taken because it's going to be on a long exposure and you don't want any blur so there's just a few things for you to have a look at but what you need to remember is that the availability of these features may vary among different smartphones and some high-end models may offer additional advanced capabilities also software updates can introduce new features or enhance existing ones so just keep up to date with all your software and keep a lookout for any changes in the camera settings so next up it's this week in photography in an exciting development, Nikon recently revealed that the Z9 has successfully journeyed to the International Space Station this January. Nikon emphasises that the camera bodies remain unchanged physically, as mentioned in their official press release. But what exactly does unmodified mean in this context? According to Nikon's statement, the cameras sent to the orbiting laboratory are physically unaltered. This implies that regular consumers on Earth have access to the same robust build quality experienced by the space station crew in the unique conditions of outer space. This serves as a remarkable confirmation of Nikon technology and the Z9's capability to withstand the extreme challenges of zero gravity and space exploration. It's worth noting that this marks the first time a Nikon mirrorless camera has been employed by the space station crew. Nikon, however, clarified that while the camera bodies remain unchanged, custom modifications have been applied to the firmware. These adjustments include enhancements like expanded noise reduction and faster shutter speeds, specifically tailored to address the demanding conditions in space, including exposure to cosmic radiation. Nikon has a rich history of supplying equipment to NASA over the past five decades. Previous models like the D4 used by Tim Peake in 2015, the Nikon F5 in 1999 and more recently the D5 and D6 have contributed to space exploration. Beyond capturing breathtaking views of Earth from 400km above, 
These cameras play a crucial role in documenting space station activities such as inspections and maintenance. The onboard kit now boasts an impressive lineup of 13 Z9s, over 15 Nikkor Z lenses, including super telephoto and micro lenses, and 15 FTZ2 adapters. With a gap of over 50 years since the Apollo missions, the latest lunar exploration endeavours by Americans involve intriguing challenges. Intuitive Machines is particularly enthusiastic about targeting the lunar pole, believed to harbour valuable resources such as water in their new lunar missions. A noteworthy aspect of their plan is to capture the automated landing on camera from an external perspective for the first time in history. In simpler terms, the IM-1 mission, classified as a commercial flight, aims to position a camera in close proximity to the lunar surface to document the unfolding landing process. However, the novelty lies in the fact that the camera won't be physically attached to the lander, departing from traditional methods. If successful, this endeavour would mark the first occasion where a third-person view of a spacecraft landing outside of Earth is achieved. This groundbreaking initiative is spearheaded by PhD university students. The landing craft, resembling a structure slightly larger than an old British police box or TARDIS, is designed to autonomously execute the landing using advanced automated systems. This autonomous approach is necessary due to the latency or delay in radio signals from Earth, which makes remote control with the required precision impractical. The craft accommodates various commercial payloads, including the designated camera. The lander is currently in lunar orbit and will shortly make its descent. At an altitude of approximately 100 feet above the lunar surface, the Embry-Riddle Eagle Cam will be deployed to capture what intuitive machines aptly describe as an out-of-this-world selfie. The synchronised descent of the camera and the landing craft will result in a captivating record of the lunar landing, offering a unique perspective from the lens of this amazing selfie camera. Hi, I'm back again and this week we're talking about phone photography. Before we carry on with the next topic, I thought I'd just give you another little quick tip about using the phone's shutter. So, if you're holding the phone in landscape mode, you've got the volume up and volume down buttons at the top. The volume up button acts as a shutter release. Also, if you've got the headphones in, the volume on the headphones also makes the shutter activate. It just means that you don't have to push the screen and potentially wobble the camera. So, moving along. Mastering composition can significantly enhance the quality of your photos. So here's a few practical tips on composition, along with some insights on lighting. We've already spoken about the rule of thirds and the 3x3 three three grid, and if you place your subject along those grid lines or at the intersections, it adds balance and interest to your photo. Don't forget you can go into your camera settings to switch on the grid feature. Last week I spoke about how you can use natural or man-made lines like roads, fences or architectural elements to guide the viewer's eyes towards the main subject. This creates depth and draws attention to where you want it to be. Use elements in your environment to frame your subject. It could be an arch, a window or even branches on a tree. This adds depth and can make your photo more visually appealing. Look for symmetry 
or repetitive patterns in your surroundings. Centre your subject or align it with these patterns for a visually striking composition. Get close to the subject to emphasise the details. This is especially useful in phone photography where zooming might result in a loss of image quality. Shoot during the golden hour, which is the hour after sunrise or before sunset. The soft, warm light during this time can enhance your photos and reduce harsh shadows. If you're shooting in bright sunlight, find shade to avoid those harsh shadows on your subject. Alternatively, use your body or an object to block the direct sunlight. Cloudy days provide soft and diffused lighting. This is great for portraits and capturing details without the risk of overexposure. Experiment with backlighting where the light source is behind your subject. This can create a beautiful silhouette effect or add a natural glow to your photos. High dynamic range or HDR mode on your phone camera can help balance exposure in challenging lighting conditions, such as scenes with both dark and bright areas. When shooting indoors or in low light conditions, use artificial light sources creatively. Experiment with different angles and intensities to achieve the desired effect. Remember, these tips are guidelines and breaking the rules can also lead to creative and unique photos. The key is to practice and experiment with different compositions and lighting conditions to find your own style. Once you've captured your shot, the journey doesn't end there. Editing plays a significant role in enhancing your photos. Next week we'll go into the detail of image adjustments and post-processing and we'll talk about some of the phone apps and software you can use to turn your images from good to amazing. And there you have it, a dive into the world of phone photography. Your smartphone is more than just a communication device, it's a powerful tool for capturing moments and expressing your creativity. I hope these tips and insights inspire you to grab your phone and explore the world through your lens. As always, thank you for joining Photon Catchers. Until next time, happy shooting!